It's Home Court Press, Utah Jazz Talk, Jazz Bites, with Brian Priest and McCade Pearson. Ten teams are still alive in each conference, but few teams' final spots are set. Today on Jazz Bites, McCade and I talk likely scenarios and what needs to happen in the final two days of the season for the Jazz to be set on a path to a championship. With their regular season destiny in their own hands, all the Jazz need to do now is win in Sacramento against a team missing most of its best players in a meaningless game Sunday night for the Kings. Stay tuned as all that and more is coming up next on Home Court Press, Utah Jazz Talk, Jazz Bites. Welcome into Home Court Press, Utah Jazz Talk, Jazz Bites. Brian Priest, as always, joined by Mr. McCade Pearson. McCade, how you doing today? We're doing really well. You know, we got 21 games left. Uh, yeah, five games this morning, one game tonight, and then tomorrow's closing day, and we still have a lot to be decided. Yeah, there's a lot of things going on around the league. The, all 10 teams in each conference are set, but we have no idea. There's a handful of teams, if that, that their actual seeding is decided. Everybody else still has stuff to play for. I mean, we saw last night the Clippers doing a – Hell of a tank job against the Rockets. Losing to that Rockets team is pretty impressive. It looks like they're trying to tank to get to four. Are, why are all these teams trying to avoid the Lakers right now? Is there that big of a fear? Um, I guess so. I don't know. Here's the thing. Nobody wants to play the Lakers. But if you're going to play the Lakers, now might not be the worst time to do it. You know, if you're the Clippers or even the Jazz to an extent, like, Bring on the Lakers, get them out of the way, and then you don't have to worry about them when they're fully ramped up in a month. So it's interesting. Um, we'll see if it works for some teams. I personally don't love the tanking for this, tanking for that. The Jazz have tried to do it a little bit the last couple of years, and they still lost in the first round. So we'll see where it all falls. Um, but it's not something I would love to do if I'm a Clippers fan or any other team's fan. Here's the way I've kind of come around to looking at it, and maybe this is a, this is foolhardy and I'm wrong and I'm going to come to regret it, but I look at the Jazz as the best team in the NBA. Record-wise, they're the best team in the NBA. By their play, they've shown that they can be the best team in the NBA, and they have for significant portions of this 72-game season. If I am right that they're the best team in the league, why should I care who they end up playing? Now, I understand why other teams might care, who they end up playing, matchups and things like that can be difficult at times. But for the Jazz, you're going to have to knock off four good basketball teams to win a title. So I, I think you just win games and you put your head down and you muscle through it. You get this one seed with a win in Sacramento on Sunday, and then you go into the playoffs, and I, it doesn't matter if you end up playing the Lakers in the first round. It doesn't matter if you end up playing the Warriors in the first round. If you're the best team in the league and you deserve to win a championship, now's the time to show it. Yep, exactly. So I get the reason why you don't. It's hard to win three straight series against great teams. It's a lot easier to win three straight series against a mediocre team and then a good team and then a great team. Um, but, yeah, it's just so hard to control things. Even the Clippers we saw rested everybody last night, lost to the Rockets, and they're going to have a really hard time holding on to that four spot because they played the Thunder on Sunday, and the Thunder are arguably the greatest tanking team of all time. That team is so good at tanking. <laughs> we saw it last night firsthand. Um and so, and you know, the Nuggets can lose to the Blazers relatively easily. The Blazers are still trying to clinch a playoff spot. So they can easily lose to the Blazers, but the Clippers are going to have a hard time losing to the Thunder. It's easy to tank when you've only got a handful of NBA players on your roster. 
And then you send those handful players golfing. <laughs> you know, when you send Al Horford and Lou Dor out to golf, then you're, you're fine. So Don't forget SGA. We'll see exactly where it all falls. Every game starts at five. I mean, at 7 o'clock tomorrow night, except for the Suns game. So it's all going to be going on at once, which will be super fun. But it could go a lot of different directions, and you're going to have a lot of teams switch strategies at halftime if they see other scores going certain ways and, you know, if they get comfortable and that kind of stuff. So we'll see where it all ends up. Um should we run through a few things, or do you want to talk about the Jazz game a little bit more? Well, let's just briefly mention, I mean, we should probably bring up the score. The Jazz win last night against the Thunder in OKC. They needed to win both games of the season, both games to finish the season to maintain the one seed, or you depend on a Suns loss, but I'd rather keep the uh, advantage in my own hands and control my own destiny. So Jazz come out on top, 109-93. Honestly, there wasn't a whole lot to take away from this game. Rudy Gobert tried to play point guard a little bit. Turn the ball over. Hey, shit happens. No big deal. And then Mike, you can do stuff like that. Yeah, exactly. It's a lot of fun. You got to take advantage of. It's a sport. Have fun. Even if you do turn the ball over, whatever. It's not a big deal. The one thing that was exciting for Jazz fans is the return of Mike Conley. Of course, Conley looked pretty good in his limited minutes last night. He did only play in the first half. Was held to 16 minutes, but. Went two of seven from the field, not the greatest shooting performance, but when you miss nine games, you're not going to come back with your legs at their peak. So I was happy from what I saw from Mike Conley. I'm glad the Jazz picked up the win. Is there much else to talk about from this one? Um, No, I don't think so. Boyan looked fine. You know, Joe looked fine. George Nain came in the second half and looked fine. The Jazz just took care of business. And now with the way the schedule lined up, you don't have to worry about the Suns anymore. You get to watch them twice. Um, both afternoon games, and if they lose one, then you can rest tomorrow night. And if not, you know exactly what you need to do going into tomorrow night. So why everything's shifting around the West live tomorrow, the Jazz will know going into their game. Okay, winning where the one seed, losing where the two seed, or they'll catch a break with the Suns the next 30 hours and not have to worry about it at all. So we'll be watching the Suns-Spurs games closely today, um, but none of this watching a score why the Jazz game is going on for the Jazz. So fun to have information. Information's really key and good. And Theoretically, we won't see Rudy Gobert and going on and all those guys tomorrow if the Suns can drop a game and I will throw this out there I was thinking about it and I don't know if you saw the Kings put out an injury thing and Darren Fox is out Harrison Barnes is out Marvin Bagley's yeah. out um everybody's out for the Kings except Buddy Heald except for Buddy Heald Buddy Love playing yes can drop the threes for days but if I'm the Suns I'm thinking about resting guys today you know because you need two wins and then a Jazz loss just to get the one seed with the Clippers loss yesterday they can't fall to three anymore yeah and so you know you, you, I would rest players today, and if you win today, sweet, then you can go for it tomorrow. There's no need to go for it today and push Chris Paul and those guys two straight games just to see if the Jazz lose to the Kings. Would not be surprised if the Suns decide to just punt and let the Jazz take the one seed at this point. Yeah, I think that's an interesting theory. I hadn't really put much thought into it, but it makes a lot of sense. You do have two opportunities if you you are the Suns to try and beat the Spurs, and you know, if you happen to sit some guys and then pull out a win today, then you can go balls to the wall tomorrow afternoon and then, you know, kind of put the Jazz feet to the coals. But there's not a ton to be gained moving from two to one. Just like with the Jazz, there's not really a ton to be lost moving from one to two. So resting some of those guys as hard as the Suns have played over the last couple of months trying to get this one seed, I think it would make sense for them to sit a a couple guys at some point this weekend. So it'll be interesting to watch. But by the same token, the Spurs are locked into 10 as well. So 
I mean, what are the odds that Pop is going to be playing a lot of guys? The the Spurs don't have Probably much not. depth, and they've played. You know, the thing uh, the thing that Spurs still have left to play for is because theoretically, if you're a Spurs fan, you're going okay. We're going to win the play-in. We're going to get the eighth seed, and then we're going to play the Jazz or Suns. So if the Spurs happen to have a strong preference of Jazz over Suns, um, then they can try and beat Phoenix to lock in the Jazz at one. If they happen to have a strong preference of Suns over Jazz, they can let the Suns win two games to try and overtake the Jazz. I don't think the Spurs really care about who's the one seed, um, but that is just something that could be on their mind as they have nothing to play for seeding-wise. They do have a tiny bit of control over who ends up the number one seed and who they'd play in the first round because um, in their mind they're making it out of the plane, right? That's how they got to prepare. So nothing horribly exciting there. I think the Spurs will win today um, just because I don't think the Suns care that much. And then tomorrow just won't matter at all. Um, but if it does, I think you'll see the Suns really go for it tomorrow and play Chris Paul 40 minutes or whatnot. Because we're used to having three days off before the playoffs, and we have a full week. The Jazz, uh, the number one seed game one is until Sunday night. I wouldn't be shocked to see the number two seed game one also on Sunday. So you got a whole week. If it is necessary tomorrow, you'll see guys play a ton. So we'll see what happens there at 1-2. Uh, moving on to 3-4, the Denver-LA thing is kind of interesting. We mentioned the Clippers tank last night against the Rockets yeah, that's, in kind of fun little way. That's really wild um, going on there. I didn't expect that from the Clippers last night. Did you see that one coming? Uh, I thought it was a possibility for sure that you could see kind of like it on the wall a little bit. Um, you just don't know how. The other thing is the Rockets have tanked so well the last two months, three months, that they're locked into the bottom spot already, so they don't care to win a game. If they win, they still finish with the worst record of the NBA, so they actually are trying to win. Ironically enough, Zubak comes out and starts and plays three minutes. I think Marcus Morris started and played five minutes. So they'd fully tank that game um, to try and get down to four just to get rest or who knows what. But is what it is. Nuggets and Clippers are now tied going into the last game. The Nuggets have the tiebreakers. So they want to flip back to Clippers three, Nuggets four. The Clippers will have to win and Nuggets lose. Usually when you hear that and, it gets a little scary instead of or. But the Nuggets are in Portland who are still fighting for a playoff spot. So they can easily take that game if they want. And then the Clippers are going to Oklahoma City. And as we mentioned earlier, you just don't lose to Oklahoma City. You can't just arrest players and lose to Oklahoma City like you can Houston, who's trying with Kelly Olenek's playing out of his mind right now and whatnot. So I still expect the Clippers to end up third. But it's a conversation now. It's an interesting conversation at this point. Yeah, I mean, I guess it's a conversation. I, yeah, I... I don't know. I just, like we said at the top of the podcast, or like I said, I just get kind of confused about what it seems like a bunch of teams actively trying to avoid the Lakers, but everybody's got their own reasoning. Let's look at a few other things that we know happened last night. The Mavericks clinched a playoff spot. They are solidified with their win over the Raptors last night. Philadelphia clinched the division title, the Atlantic in the Eastern Conference, and they're going to have the best record in the East after their win last night. And then with that Clippers loss we just discussed, Phoenix clinches the division. So, of course, they're now going to be the two seed. And then the Wizards after, and this Wizards team, I think, to me, is the perfect encapsulation of why this play-in tournament is so much fun. Because the Washington Wizards started the season horribly horribly, and they never should have had a chance to make the playoffs. But Bradley Beal had, trying to lead the league in scoring this year. Russell Westbrook has been incredible. For whatever my personal feelings are about Westbrook, he's been amazing this season and carried this team to a bunch of wins that they otherwise never would have even sniffed. And so now they're in the 10 spot, and because of some injury concerns in like Boston, this Wizards team has a chance to actually win a couple games and end up as the 8th seed. 
Yeah, no, they're sitting half a game back, a lost column back of the Hornets and Pacers. But the Pacers host the Lakers this afternoon. The Hornets are in New York. And then tomorrow, the Wizards play the Hornets. So Washington is not only locked into a playing spot, but they have every chance going into tomorrow to figure out a way to get up to eight. And then once you're eight, they can take down the Celtics or just have that second game in their back pocket. So good position for the Wizards to be in. Also in the East, you have the Hawks, Heat, Knicks. They're all still virtually tied for four, five, six. That will play out today and tomorrow. I'm not 100% sure on the tiebreakers there. So you have two exciting three-team races in the East. Um, so top for grabs. The 76ers did clinch the one seed, and the Celtics did clinch the seven seed. So that is there. Going back to the West, though, you mentioned Mavericks win and clinch their playoff spot in division. So they will need a win to lock into five. Everything I've heard, I was talking to a friend of the podcast, Lauren Gunn, and I was like, who do you guys want to play? She's like, we don't want the Nuggets and we don't want the Jazz. We would rather play Clippers-Lakers than Nuggets-Jazz. And I thought that was really interesting because they're just so scared of centers. Um, Porzingis yeah. doesn't look great, and they're just so, so scared of Jokic and Gobert that they would rather take on the, the Kawhis and LeBrons of the world with Luka. So you have the Mavericks-Blazers looking to swip swap at 5-6, as well as the Nuggets-Clippers looking to swip swap at 3-4. So those matchups could end up anywhere. My dream of the Lakers getting out of the plane is kind of dead. Because if the Lakers were to get out of the plane, it would lock the Clippers in at four, and I don't want the Clippers at four. So now we're back to cheering for the Lakers to be into the play-in. And it's all a super fun, crazy, out-of-this-world <laughs> scenario right now. We haven't even mentioned the Warriors-Grizzlies game tomorrow that determines the regular season eight seed, which is a big deal on its own right. So things are going nuts. We'll see what happens today. We'll see what happens tomorrow, and then we'll see what happens in the playoffs. Let's talk about that Warriors-Grizzlies things real quick before we wrap this one up, McCade. So the Grizzlies are in Golden State, and correct me if I'm wrong about the permutations and the machinations of this, but the Grizzlies are in Golden State. They'll play them on Sunday, and then the Grizzlies will go back home and have a home game against the Spurs, right? Uh, Unless the Grizzlies win, then the Spurs got to go to Golden State, and the Grizzlies will go down to theoretically L.A. or up to Portland. Oh, okay. So I didn't even realize that the Grizzlies could pass Golden State with the win. Yeah, so they're tied right now. Um, both of them won last night in a game that didn't matter because tonight's game actually determines the tie. Tomorrow's game, sorry, determines the tiebreaker. So yesterday's games didn't matter at all because of that. So yeah, the winner of tomorrow's game gets the eight seed. Uh, theoretically, we'll assume the Lakers walk into seven. Um, so the winner goes to L.A., the loser goes home to play the Spurs. And then theoretically, if seeding holds, these two teams meet right back again on Friday to determine the playoff eight seed um, with the home team of that Friday game being the winner of the Sunday game. Okay, so, so I see you, a lot on the line there because you get the second win, you get the second game in your back pocket, and you get to be the home team for that second game. So big, big game on Sunday. Um, Jack should be cheering for the Grizzlies for sure. And so you're telling me that the headquarters for the end of the plan is going to be in Memphis because they there's a reasonable chance that they could actually get the eight seed two seasons in a row and miss the playoffs both times? Uh, they could. <laughs> um, I wouldn't bet on it, but they definitely could. That would be. I wouldn't bet on it either. I think they've won five in a row right now. They've been playing some good basketball. Honestly, of you know, let's wrap it up on this one, McCabe. With the seven, eight, nine, ten. Let's assume the Jazz get the one seed in this conversation. Who would you rather face as the eight? I think the team that I would least like to face. Memphis is probably second. Golden State would be third. San Antonio is the team I'd most like to face. 
And the, the Lakers, for me saying, uh, talking about the teams that want to avoid the Lakers, I don't think the Jazz are trying to avoid the Lakers. I just, I wouldn't necessarily want to play them. There are teams I'd rather play. But man, Memphis with Jaron Jackson Jr. back, Brandon Clark, Ja Morant, they're exactly the type of team that can give, give the Jazz trouble because of length, athleticism, rebounding. That could be a really tough series if they ended up playing the Grizzlies. Yeah, no, it really could. Any series is going to be tough. Um, with the plan, the odds are pretty balanced of what happens. People think, oh, the Lakers can't miss the playoffs, or the Spurs can't make it in. Both those things are very possible. So I would just watch the plan and see what happens because the Spurs could very well get up there. It's only two games, and any team who makes the plane can win two road games. We were just talking about the Wizards. Personally, I like the Spurs and then the Grizzlies. John Moran doesn't scare me that much, but if they are healthy, we haven't seen a healthy Grizzlies team this year, so it could go a lot of different directions. Who would you least like to face? Ooh, the Lakers. Yeah. Like, the Lakers just terrify me. Um, of course, in a Lakers series, it comes down to Conley, Mitchell, uh, LeBron, and Anthony Davis' help, and it just sets you up for a tough playoff run in the second and third round as well. So I would hate to see the Lakers, but at this point, the Jazz don't really control it. They've got to go out and win tomorrow, and what happens happens. Yeah, with the Lakers, my concern would be that it ends up being a knockdown, drag-out battle, seven games. And I'm on your side that I think if you are going to have to play the Lakers, you might be best served to play them in the first round because of rust with LeBron, because of just how tired the other guys on that team are after having to carry the load for so long without LeBron, with a diminished Anthony Davis. But... Man, they're still they're still going to be tough. They'd still be really good. And if the Jazz won that in seven games, I think it makes the next two rounds more difficult. Whereas if they can get a five-game series in the first round, that sets them up beautifully going forward because everybody else is going to be playing such difficult opponents. And so the Jazz, take care of business tomorrow against the Kings and let the tickets fall where they may. With the play-in, they did announce the Western Conference is Wednesday, Friday on ESPN. So I'm assuming... The Grizzlies game will go first, and then the Lakers game will be the nightcap, and then Friday will determine who the Jazz play. So what we will probably do going forward is I, I don't think there's really much reason to do a recap show about the Kings game after Sunday. So let's shoot four, and you can tune in. Expect another episode of Home Court Press for our weekly Wednesday. We will recap Tuesday night's Eastern Conference play-in games. And we'll preview Wednesday night's Western Conference play-in games. Does that sound good to you, McCade? Yep, let's do it. I like it. So Wednesday morning, Home Court Press will be back talking Eastern Conference play-in, Western Conference play-in, and celebrating the Jazz with a one seed in the Western Conference. The first time in 23 years they are going to be the best team in the league heading into the playoffs. And you know what happened that time? They made the finals. This time... They're going to make the finals, and they're not going to run into Michael Jordan. The Jazz are going to win a championship, McCade. Where can they find you on social media, man? Yep, we are talking that into existence. And you can find me on social media at McCadePH. That's M-C-C-A-D-E-P-H. And you can find me, Brian Priest, on Twitter at BPriest24. And you can find Home Court Press at homecourt underscore press. If you like what you're hearing, please remember to share, rate, and review. We have a great time with the podcast. Five stars is a wonderful rating. We'd appreciate it so more people can find it. McKay, do you want to send us off? Take note. Bam.